good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts here on this Monday in September. Great to have you with us. September the 19th of the year 2022. We're glad you're with us. Kind of an overcast day. Had some hail and storms last night. We've got our Monday morning quarterback show presented by our friends at Berkey's Farm Store on High Cross Road in Urbana. Busy show today here out of the gate. We're going to talk with Lauren Tate, of course, as usual. We've got Coach Q, Coach Quitaro, who appears with uh, Scott and uh, company on Sports Talk on Thursdays. Has made an appearance, I think, on the Saturday Sports Talk show. And uh, also uh, writes for the News Gazette. So we'll we'll be joined by uh, Coach Q. And also Bob Stoops, Hall of Fame coach at the University of Oklahoma. The all-time winningest coach in Oklahoma history. And we'll visit with those two coaches coming up here in the first hour. And then Lauren and I for the second hour. On a busy week ahead, Illinois football playing Chattanooga on Thursday night. We'll get it started with Lauren and the coaches on a Monday morning quarterback show after this. On a penny for your thoughts, Champaign Public Library with the big event coming up. Doris Kearns Goodwin will be at the Champaign Public Library coming up at the end of the month so we're looking forward to that among the other things happening at the library of course you can get books you can uh, get uh, videos you can uh, rent rooms not rent rooms you can get rooms for uh, meetings you can do whatever you'd like at the champagne public library in addition to uh, the books and everything else they've got the friend shop bookstore so check them out the champagne public library one of the jewels in our community here in Champaign-Urbana. Good to have you with us on a a Penny for Your Thoughts here, the Monday morning quarterback show, as we are joined by Lauren Tate. Would you watch a lot of football this weekend? Yeah, I've come to one conclusion, uh, Brian, after watching games for three or four weeks here. Nothing's safe in the fourth quarter, right? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter what the score is going into the fourth quarter. you still got a lot of football to play. And how many of these games are turning in the final minutes? Yesterday... The Jets in Cleveland, Cleveland had a two-touchdown lead with two minutes to go and lost. <laughs> to the Jets. Yeah, to the Jets. <laughs> Flacco got, I think he threw two touchdown passes yep. in a minute. Yeah. All within a minute. And uh, the Bears lose to the Packers. Yeah, that's what's, uh, I think, 23-5 and five is what Rodgers' record against the Bears is. I don't know how they got the five wins. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> he does seem to own them, for sure. Yeah, and so. the Bear, guess who the Bears got next Saturday, Sunday? Who do they have? Lovey. Is that right? Houston. Houston Texans. Yep. Right up there wow. in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Lovey got beat yesterday. <laughs> they lost to uh, Denver. Yep. Denver uh, had a it was a very uh, low-scoring game. It was 16-9 final, but it was, you know, it was real tight. But uh, Denver hung on. Denver had 13 penalties in that game. 13. 13. <laughs> There's just a lot of craziness. I mean, you, when, when you see, uh, Brian, when you see, uh, let's say, uh, Chase Brown make a Fifteen-yard run. What do you think? You you get excited. I mean, wasn't that a terrific run? 
Oh, it and was. Then, and then the next play, the the, the official mar- walks off 15 yards. It's the same distance. <laughs> but, you know, just because somebody, uh, you know, did something a little bit wrong. It's it's uh, the penalties is something you got to just eliminate. You don't always got to eliminate penalties from now on. The uh, Illini football team against Chattanooga, 7.30 on Thursday night. Yep. And then, of course, uh, in the Big Ten play at Wisconsin on the first, and Iowa and Minnesota. But, but how you're good. Getting, you're getting Wisconsin after they play Ohio State. Yeah, the week after. Yeah. It's a good time to play yeah. them, you got to admit. Yep, and what's going on with uh, Nebraska for sure Well, out there? They fired their coach. I, there's, so many, their uh, you know, there's so many rumors going around. I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, they, they've got time, but I, they've got, they're going to – They've got to look at the Big 12 because the Big 12 coaches are, are looking at, the, at the, the Big 10 and realizing how far when Texas and Oklahoma leave, what's that going to mean mm-hmm. to their income? What's that going to mean to their TV revenue? It's going to drop considerably because they don't have anybody with the, you know. With the firepower. Not the firepower of those two. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know. I, I just wonder what Campbell will think at Iowa State. Will he really want to stay there? There are, there, there are several coaches in that league that you'd have to consider seriously. And, of course, I don't know what's going on with Urban Meyer. Do you? I do not. I, I don't think he's going to every, take Every it. job that comes open, yeah. his yeah. name comes up. They would call him Rural, Rural Meyer if he took that job, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, yes. <laughs> but we'll see. But they fired their defensive coordinator. They got uh, hammered yeah. by Oklahoma, which wasn't a, sh- a shock. But uh, no. No. Well, they're going to have, but, you know, they'll bounce back at some point maybe, but uh, well, they're, they're, they're really in trouble. And they're, 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 uh, they, don't, they just lost so many games in a row. It's changed the whole atmosphere there, although the crowd continues to show up. Well, they had over 300 consecutive uh, sellouts, like right? Something like that, yeah. It keeps growing since 1962. Yeah. Um, how good is the Big Ten? Well, the West question. Division isn't very good. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> Maybe Minnesota's pretty good. They got Abraham back this year, and he's a terrific runner. And they haven't played anybody yet, so they're undefeated. But nobody else is undefeated in the West. <laughs> and, and most have been, if you excuse the word, most have been embarrassed. Now, I don't think Illinois was embarrassed by losing to Indiana, but nope. that was a toss-up game, and Illinois turned out to be a little better but lost the game. Yep. But, you know, Indiana, by the way, is still undefeated. They are. There's a bunch of basketball schools that are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Duke, Kansas. Including yeah. Kansas, yeah. yeah, North Carolina and so forth. All right, uh, 916. Pleased to be joined by uh, Coach Kutaro, our guest. Coach Q, we call him. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing well this morning. You guys sound like you've come off a great weekend, <laughs> even though the Illini didn't play, but you got plenty of football anyway. <laughs> well, we do. A lot of football to cover, and we'll be doing quite a bit of that here during the course of this hour. Brian Barnhart with Lauren Tate. Of course, uh, Coach Q, I know you're a regular now in the afternoons uh, during the week with uh, Scott Beatty and doing a little writing as well, so we're keeping you busy. Yeah, that's good. I really enjoy it, and uh, hopefully I bring a little nugget or two to the discussion or or column in the newspaper, but it's great to be talking Big Ten and national football. Well, the one thing I've learned in my 21 years now doing the Illini is uh, with coaches, the coaches all kind of know each other. And uh, you've got a guest for us today that everybody uh, knows, I think, a very familiar name. Why don't you tell us who our, who our guest coach is today? 
sure. Uh, we're real pleased that he's able to join us here today. Uh, our, our guest is uh, Bob Stoops, 18 years head coach at Oklahoma, left there, of course, as the all-time winningest coach in OU history, which says a lot when you've got Barry Switzer and Bud Wilkinson in that history. Uh, last year, named to the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a Big Ten guy at heart, having played at Iowa, played and coached under Hayden Fry, and then, of course, okay. went on to uh, the career that he had. So uh, I, I actually, my first uh, crossing paths with Bob was in 1978 when I was a graduate assistant at Iowa, and Bob was uh, a young, uh, at that time, uh, lean and mean defensive back, and I was helping coach the defensive scout team, and he was playing safety. And then we crossed paths, uh, enjoyed five years together under Bill Snyder, uh, with the foundation being built at Kansas State. So, uh, longtime friend, longtime associate, and a terrific guy. So, our guest today is Bob Stoops. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Nick. Good, always good to be with you. And uh, I guess uh, Lauren and Brian, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Is that right? So, good to be with you guys. Well, we're honored to have you, Coach. And uh, so, you and Coach Q go back a ways, huh? A long, long time. When I was a young, reckless uh, defensive back, uh, back there at Iowa, and uh, uh, yeah, being red-shirted, being running around the scout team, and I think Nick even put me in at linebacker once in a while at 170 pounds. <laughs> so you guys – that's, uh, that's because you've got that Youngstown toughness, and we knew you could do it, Bob. <laughs> well, all the way from Youngstown, Ohio, and you guys connected again at K-State, right? You worked together for Bill Snyder. We did. We, uh, we were there on the ground floor with uh, Coach uh, Snyder and uh, worked together. I thought Nick said five or six years, and uh, – had a lot of fun, a lot of good times, and helped, uh, you know, we helped uh, rebuild that or build that program. I wouldn't say rebuild, build uh, that program. Well, that was one of the great miracles of college football, right? Because K-State was down and out. I mean, that was unbelievable. Well, when we got there, they had had three straight years without a win. So that's about as down and out as you can get. <laughs> Brian Barnhart here with Lauren Tate, Coach Q. We've got uh, Bob Stoops on the line. Lauren, go ahead. Well, I, I think uh, the thing I think about when I, I think about K-State is their use of transfers. Of course, mostly uh, I think there were a lot of junior college transfers at that time. Now we're seeing a lot of transfers from one school to another. But it, it certainly has, it's, a, it's a way to – to uh, I, I think when we see Georgia Southern and App State, I mean, I don't know how many – I saw one team had 40 transfers. So uh, tell us about how you built that thing, Bob, at Kansas State. Well, there was no transfer rule then uh, like there is now. So we just had to build it little by little, you know, uh, uh, with recruiting. And uh, I thought we did a great job of finding diamonds in the rough, maybe, you know, some guys that are, you know, were were on their way to maybe some mid-America schools or smaller, you know, smaller leagues you know the group of five that we we brought them to kansas state and became you know great players for us so uh, i thought we just did a really great job of evaluating getting the right players and little by little we we built it the right way hmm. bob, hey guys, go, go ahead jump, if i could jump in for a second yeah uh bob as you remember we weren't into the junior college recruiting like coach snyder got into later on even more so after you and i had left and, and your point is uh, well taken that 
Uh, it was identifying guys who had some ability, maybe getting overlooked a little bit, but really had the heart and the passion to want to be good. And uh, Bob's a humble guy. He recruited guys out of Ohio that, that people were passing on. Ohio State wasn't offering Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. They weren't being offered. Bob recruited them. We developed them under Coach Snyder in the program at Kansas State. And there must have been a half dozen guys out of Ohio that Bob got that went on to be all big eight players back then. So player development, I think, was a key element. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we, you know, Coach Snyder at that time, like Nick said, wasn't, uh, we weren't all in at all on junior college recruiting. And uh, at that time, I know he he started that a little bit later. But to Nick's point, Jamie Mendez, right out of my hometown, Youngstown, Ohio, at my high school, really didn't have any other offers uh, other than maybe some mid-america schools and he ends up a consensus first team all-american leading the league in uh, interceptions mm-hmm. uh, isn't that the case that there are a lot of players in ohio i mean the state turns out a lot and ohio is a ohio state being a national recruiter they can't take them all i just wondered if cincinnati when they made the final four i don't know the numbers but it looked to me like they had a lot of ohio players on that team no kidding absolutely you're correct and uh, my brother mark uh, Stoops at, at Kentucky's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. He gets a ton of players out of Ohio. Hmm. Bob Stoops is with us. Great coach, Hall of Fame coach at Oklahoma. Won a national title with the Sooners in 2000 and was uh, what I think they won 10 Big 12 championships, six times Big 12 coach of the year. And he's with us here this morning as we talk college football on our Monday morning uh, quarterback show. Uh, you, of course, played for Hayden Fry. Lauren was covering you, uh, Bob. He's been here since 1966, so that goes back well before you played yeah. even. But uh, talk about your Hawkeye days a little bit, playing for Hayden Fry. What do you remember about playing in Champaign against Illinois, uh, et cetera? Just really special experience. Uh, you know, redshirted my first year, and then Hayden Fry came in after that. And then, um, you know, was able to, to start the next four years and, uh, at the safety position. And, and uh, you know, first two years, they, they had, we hadn't been, been to a bowl game in how many years, Nick, before 81 oh, when we go to the – pardon me? I was going to say a long time, Bob, because, there, one, yeah. there weren't so many bowl games, and, two, Iowa wasn't very good. We were, I mean, we had had like 17, 18 years before we had been to a bowl game. So, but Hayden was building it. We were, we were playing and, uh, you know, we on the verge of playing people tough. And, uh, but, uh, my junior year, 81, we tie, uh, Ohio State for the Big Ten championship. And because we, we hadn't been there in so long, we got to play in the Rose Bowl. We got to go represent the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl. And, and then the following year, playing the Peach Bowl in 82. So anyway, I, it was special for me. Very lucky. Some of the best times of my life. Hmm. Well, tell us how you built, how, how and, and of course you weren't there all the way, but how, how Fry and, and Ferens have built a defensive culture there that just continues year after year without the offensive uh, unit maybe to, to compensate for them. But uh, how, how, did they, how did you build a, a defensive culture that way? Well, we had a great uh, one of the all-time best in Bill Brazier uh, that was our defensive coordinator. And then, uh, you know, Phil Parker now is continuing that with Iowa. But, uh, yeah, you know, truth be told, we did. uh, That's how we got to the Rose Bowl. We led the Big Ten Conference in every single defensive category. I mean, we had 
we had a bunch of crazy, tough uh, guys up front. We had a mean front seven. Now they were Nick will tell you they were about as bad as they come. So uh, so anyway, uh, we like I said, we 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 dominated. I mean, we beat Nebraska twenty one seven. We we beat. Uh, UCLA in the same year out of conference, I think they only had seven points or ten points or something like that. So anyway, we we really uh, played well defensively and and did enough offensively to get it done. Well, there's a common thread. Uh, Obviously, Brett Bielema is here. He played for Hayden Fry, uh, coached uh, out at Iowa, coached for Bill uh, Snyder at K-State. Great success at Wisconsin as a young coach. Uh, What do you see with Brett Bielema? How well do you know, Coach? Um, Etc. On oh, Brett Bielema. No, Brett. No, Brett very well, and uh, as my brothers do, and he was more in school, closer to my younger brother Mark. But uh, I've gotten to know Brett through the years really well. He's doing a great job, an excellent coach, and uh, I'm excited for him there. I think it's a perfect fit, and um, you know they're they're off to a good start. So I I just see him continuing to do well there, hmm. very well there. And when you play for a guy like Hayden Fry and coach for a guy like Snyder like you did. There's a kind of a formula there for success, I think, seems to come out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Brett's been around a lot of great coaches, definitely, and and uh, most recently Belichick, I guess, back there just a few years ago. So anyway, um, definitely uh, Brett's got the background to do well, and I, I really believe he will. Mm-hmm. Coach Bob Stoops is with us. Coach Q, Coach Cataro is uh, with us as well on the line. And guys, if you can hang on, i got a break to get in here. We'll come back and talk some more football with you. And we'll do that next here on A Penny for Your Thoughts Monday Morning Quarterback Show brought to you by Berkey's. You know, we've been around Oklahoma enough this year to be around Bob Stoops and his staff enough as he just got drenched. And now there's his younger brother, Mike, and he calls Brent Venables the other Stoops brother. But you know that confidence and enthusiasm those young guys have just sort of drips all over everybody and it dripped all over this team. It really did and and, and I like what he said to the team after the game, after the Big 12 game. He says, remember, he says, be respectful of your opponent and be humble. Say we and not I and it's a, it's a team thing and it really is. The way they play, it's a team thing. The champions of the 67th FedEx Orange Bowl National Championship Oklahoma team back in 2000, coached by one of our guests today, Coach Bob Stoops. Coach Q is with us as well, and Lauren Tate on our Monday morning quarterback show presented by Berkey's. Great moment there for Coach Stoops. Uh, Coach Q, uh, when you were coaching and uh, with him and for him, uh, what uh, did you did you recognize he was going to have the kind of success he did? Absolutely. It was just a matter of time for Bob, and we all recognized that during our Kansas State days. You know, he went from a, a hard-working assistant to a co-coordinator to a coordinator, and the next step along the path was coordinating for uh, Coach Spurrier down at Florida. And, of course, that provided opportunity for Bob, given the super job he did down there. Uh, but as far as work ethic, toughness, but also relationships with players. I think it's such a big thing, always has been, and is maybe more in the spotlight now today as to how coaches relate to players in terms of being able to put their arm around them as well as to chew on them a bit, but always to get the best out of them and best for the team. And Bob always had that in him, and obviously that proved out. Yeah, and Bob, you did have some great relationships, right, over those years? Oh, gosh, yeah. It's... uh 
love love the players and um you know i was fortunate to have a lot of great ones and be around a lot of great ones and but i i believe uh any young coaches out there listening nick's absolutely correct it's uh being able to drive them push them motivate them get the most out of them and challenge them but still have a great connection and in relationship with them and when when you do when they know you really care about them you could you could push them hard and they'll they'll you know and they'll they'll respond to it and enjoy it bob when you see uh oklahoma going into the sdc is that a good move for them i know it is financially but is is it a good move to have so many good teams in one conference how how can it not be uh you we've got an 85 to 86,000 seat stadium with sky boxes and all that and now you can ensure that it's going to be sold out when Florida's coming, Georgia's coming, uh, Kentucky, you know, uh, whatever, Alabama. That that ensures sellouts and ensures everything. And uh, and uh, I believe it'll, you know, it's going to be really positive for us. Mm-hmm. I know our fans are going crazy about it. Well, as a, as a Big Twelve guy yourself, I mean, what does this mean to the conference? I don't know. That's uh, that would be for them to decide. You know, the bottom line, they got a lot of good schools, but um, you know, in this world, very little stays the same forever, right? Yep. So uh, you got to keep moving and and uh, trying to advance, do things better, play better, whatever it is. And I I thought uh, our university reacting this way. Uh, let's face it, this isn't. You know, we weren't the first to do it. Nebraska left us. You mm-hmm. know, so. Uh, Bottom line, it's it's necessary and it's going to work out great for us. Coach Bob Stoops is with us. Coach Q as well. Lauren Tate, Monday Morning Quarterback Show. We're honored to have Coach Stoops with us. Um, speaking of Oklahoma, Nebraska, they played this weekend. Renewal of, of a great rivalry. Now Oklahoma wins that game pretty uh, pretty handily. What what do you think's happened to Nebraska over the years? And did it work? Did I take it? Okay. Hello, Bob. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm checking in the airport. Oh, I'm doing too many things at once. Okay. Well, let us know if you need to go. That's that's okay. I'm good. Uh, okay. What uh, What's happened at Nebraska? Do you think? Uh, you know, such a legendary I'm not, program. I'm not, I'm not much to talk about other people when I'm not there. You know, yeah. that that isn't that's for people on TV to talk about. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not much on lending my opinion to something that I'm not part of. You know, so uh, hard to say. But it's sure been tough. Yeah, no, it has been tough, and uh, I know that uh, Oklahoma continues to do on. Brent Venables is there now, right? I love, yeah, I love what Brent's doing. He's got a great staff. He's uh, he's doing an awesome job. We're off to a great start. I mean, they after the first series at Nebraska, it was over. We I think we scored five straight times, or anyway, it was thirty-five-seven at halftime. So, you know, when you go on the road to Nebraska and you can play like that, because you know, how many, you know, everyone's talked about Nebraska's been in one-score games for I don't know how many weeks, mm. how many times in a row, and that sure wasn't the case Saturday. Bob, you mentioned uh, the fact that you don't talk about other teams. Have you thought about going on into the media, into TV? Well, I did I did last year with Fox, mm-hmm. Big Noon Kickoff. I was on all last year, and this year, because I'm going to be – working in the XFL come February and actually January. Just too many uh, things through the year here that conflicted with it, so I wasn't able to do it this year. Yeah, I'm interested, both uh, Coach Q and Coach Stoops, uh, thoughts in general on uh, 
the Big Ten or nationally what you're seeing. We've got a lot of basketball schools that are known as basketball schools, including, of course, uh, Coach Stoops, your brother at Kentucky, uh, undefeated, uh, Duke undefeated, Kansas is undefeated. Uh, pretty interesting. Coach Q, you go first. Well, first of all, I think we ought to uh, tip our hat and congratulate uh, Bob's brother, Mark, now the all-time winningest coach at Kentucky. Uh, beat out Bear Bryant now for most wins in a career and has done an amazing job in the SEC getting that thing turned around and arguably one of the toughest conferences in the country. So hats off to Mark. Uh, I think in the in the Big Ten here this year, it's again, early in the year you don't learn a lot. Uh, because there just aren't a lot of uh, great matchups aside from a couple that we've seen. I was very, uh, in a way, surprised and disappointed that Washington knocked Michigan State around pretty easily here over the weekend out in Seattle. That was that was a rough one for the Big Ten to take. Then on the other hand, uh, Penn State and Nittany Lions go down and play a real physical game, run the ball really well, shut down the run at Auburn, and had a nice win that represents the Big Ten. Uh, other than that, Minnesota's rolling over uh, weak teams, uh, dominant that way. Michigan scored about 50 points a game against a soft schedule. I don't know that you can tell a lot about those things, but I think here in the next week or so, we'll really get an idea of what people look like in the Big Ten. Yeah. Well, of course, Q, you got Minnesota playing at Michigan State right this next week. Yeah. That, that'll tell you something. Absolutely, Lauren. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Coach Stoops? Big Ten in general, uh, nationally, what you're seeing? What What do you think? Yeah, I thought uh, really impressed with Penn State. Um, I thought they looked really strong. Uh, Michigan, I got to see them up close last year beat Ohio State, and I really like uh, Michigan, and they're playing well. And really, both quarterbacks for them are are winning and playing well. And uh, but I love the running back there, uh, Corum. Uh, really. Strong. Um, I thought, uh, um, geez, who were the others? I was. Uh, uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, Michigan, uh, Penn mm-hmm. State. There's another one I had on my mind. Oh, Ohio State. Always, I think they're going to be a lot better. I know they will be with Jim Knowles coaching uh, the uh, the uh, the defensive coordinator. Uh, he's going to make their defense a lot better, and that was all they were missing really a year ago. Yeah, well, Michigan, Bob, I, go ahead, Q. Brian, could I jump in? Bob, not to get too technical, but being the defensive guy you are and been around all kinds of great coaches and whatnot, Ohio State, of course, was dominant for a while defensively, then they fell off, certainly from their standards. And I don't want to get into particulars, but what do you think Knowles did in going in there that needed to make such a difference? Was it as simple as, fundamental tackling or not fitting the gaps and being sound? Just basic stuff like that, you think? Very much so. Um, Yes. Um, Just uh, fundamentals, you know, certain discipline. I thought they were very predictable uh, before what they were in. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and in today's world with, you know, all these eyes on you, you, you can dial up certain plays against something if you know what it is. So anyway, uh, yeah, all of that together, um, okay. you know, I thought made them very susceptible. Mm. Bob Stoops is with us, uh, legendary head coach, of course, Hall of Fame coach at Oklahoma, former Iowa Hawkeye, uh, of course, and we've got uh, Brett Bielema here, former Hawkeye himself, 
now coaching the uh, the Fighting Illini. We were talking about all the movement and the and the super conferences and. Wow, the world is kind of changing under our feet, Bob. I mean, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. As a program, you got to be ready. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier, and that's that's you know big reason for our move uh, to the SEC, and uh, you know, and why now they're they're going to be going to twelve playoff games. Money matters, um, you know, to put on all these other sports and to take care of all these other sports. I mean, you uh, heck are. Our women's, uh, who I think is the best in the country, lover uh, Patty Gasso just got a raise, mm. but you know, to one point six million. So someone's got to pay for the stadiums everyone's playing in, the <laughs> base salaries. So you know, to act like money doesn't matter, or you shouldn't do it. That, that's being, you know, that's being a little naive. Wow. Uh, it matters. As we're moving in toward conference play now, but as I can't help but keep looking back at what Appalachian State has done and what SIU did to Northwestern and going back to these other games in which we saw Marshall uh, pulling upset over Notre Dame and Georgia Southern and Nebraska. I mean, just one thing after another. How, is it is it all because of the transfer system, you think? No, there's been upsets forever. Okay. Those teams are all just they're, they're just better than you want them to be. And you're yep. a little off that day or don't don't work quite right, and all of a sudden you're on the wrong side of it so uh uh it's it's anyway i don't I wouldn't put it all on transfers whatsoever. I think it's mm-hmm. you know it's just going to keep ha- happening. it always has happened well, coach Q, what do you know about uh, Chattanooga well uh it's, not a lot. I saw they lost uh, a relatively close game against Sanford. But as we talked uh, on the radio show last week, uh, Lauren, we said that you know okay. the bad news is for them they had to play Saturday, whereas the Illini were uh, okay, you know practicing for Chattanooga yeah. at this point, and, and certainly will yeah. be well prepared. So I think uh, you know that that's one obviously the Illini need to take care of. Hey, Nick. Well, we got yeah, Bob. Hey guys, just keep me on. I'm just gonna I'm gonna travel through security and I'll get on in a couple minutes with you. Oh, okay. All right. All right, Bob. Let us let us know how it goes. All right. <laughs> Very good. That's pretty now, this, good. That's that's lot li- now that's live radio right there. I was gonna say this is the first we're taking a uh, an airport tour with Bob Scoops before the plane and uh but just going back to uh Lauren's point asking about Bob, you know, upsets and some of those so-called lesser conferences beating the major conferences. When Bob comes back, if it's soon, I'd like to get his thoughts on here he won all kinds of games, Hall of Fame coach and all that. But how do you get a team ready for Mm -hmm. what's certainly a lesser opponent where you're a prohibitive favorite, maybe 45, 48-point favorite, and yet – for practice, game day, you name it, how do you get their attention? How do you get them focused? How do you get a maximum effort out of them when some of those kids, you know, they're, they're young and they think they can just roll out of bed, put a helmet on, and go out and beat somebody? And I think maybe that's what's happened some of these games. Yeah, yeah well, that would be a great question uh, when, we, when we come back. Tell you what, guys, let me get a break in here, and we'll come back, and uh, hopefully we get Coach Stoops through security. I don't know how long that's going to take, <laughs> but we'll uh, – We'll get him back and finish up the hour with him. We've got Monday Morning Quarterbacks here presented by our friends at Berkey's Farm Store. Uh, check them out for Kubota, uh, one of the um, features they have, of course, and they're on High Cross Road in Urbana. Back with Coach Q and Coach Stoops in a moment. 
All right, 947 on a penny for your thoughts here. Monday morning quarterback show presented by our friends at Berkey's. Lauren Tate is with us. Coach Guitaro with us. Coach Q, as we know him affectionately around here. And Bob Stoops, I think, made it through security. Yeah, guys, thanks for putting up with me there. I uh, when I when I agreed to do this, I didn't know I was going to be traveling. So. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, to do that and and join us here today. So uh, thanks again. We had a coach, uh, Coach Q, had a question about preparing Illinois will be a favorite over Chattanooga. I know many times at Oklahoma or K State, you would be a favored team. Um, how do you handle that practice wise? Getting ready for your team for an opponent that on paper you're supposed to beat. Yeah, you know, you really don't change your methods, uh, the way you go through the week, the way you practice, you, you maintain all of that. And, and then, you know, I always just really tried to emphasize us being our best, uh, regardless of shouldn't matter who we're playing, what the score is at the, during the game, whatever, series by series, let's make sure we're on point and see how well we can play. You know, that was it, no mm-hmm. matter what. How can we be at our best regardless of who we're playing, big game, not a big game, scoring during the game, it doesn't matter. Because if you you do it that same way, I assume, no matter who you're playing, when you get to a championship-level game, it's it's habit. It's what you do. Exactly. You you, you can't can't be this one week as someone else another week. You've got to be consistent all the way through. Hmm. Coach Q, uh, I know uh, you know Bob Stoops a long time. He's got you, Bob. You have a son playing, right, at Oklahoma? Yeah, my son Drake is a senior and uh, playing uh, slot receiver. Um, yeah, for for Oklahoma, and uh, he's doing great. You know, it's been fun watching him. Is it harder as a parent <laughs> or not? No, not at all. Not no? at all. Yeah. You know, I just uh, enjoy watching him. He's a good player, so I. Got all the confidence in the world, so I just sit back, relax, and enjoy the game. Yeah, Coach Q, anything you want to throw in here? Go ahead. Yeah, Bob. Um, obviously, we all coached together at a, a certain time, and, and like we we're talking, things have changed so much. How I can't imagine, to be honest, how uh, Brent Venables, your brother Mark, and you know guys that we know, how they're able to handle roster management knowing that guys are coming and going. Is that anything you've had a chance just casually to talk to the guys about? I'm really fascinated on how they're able to manage a roster given the the change that's uh, happening, you know, right under their feet, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's just incredibly hard um, for everybody. But And I think that's the, the part they all just acknowledge that I'm not the only one. So you got to keep – you got to – you got to keep working it, keep managing it, um, you know. Uh, but you know, it's 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 tough. I mean, everybody's roster is going to keep changing if they don't get some kind of parameters on it. But uh, yeah. but anyway, Bob, do they, different world. Bob, do they have? I'm guessing from the people I've talked to, still in the game, they've just got more staff people now dedicated to monitoring the portal, right? Entertaining oh, transfer office. I mean, the the whole personnel office has almost grown into like an NFL operation, hasn't it? It, it really has, and uh, you're you're exactly right in that. There's there's three times the number of people working off the field than I ever had, and right. I, you know I'm I'm just out my sixth year this year. So uh, there's a 
you know, everybody's monitoring the portal and, you know, you've got staff people committed to, you know, just engaging in your current team too, you know, so it's, yeah. it's an ongoing, ongoing process. Well, Bob, you said you've been out for six years now. You're uh, involved with the XFL. What's the difference in dealing with those? Obviously, you're not recruiting, are you? Or are you? Do you have to recruit players for the XFL? No, 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 no. It's nothing like that at all. We we don't even draft our team until November. We'll start practice in January. Ten-week schedule, ten-week game start right after the Super Bowl. No, there's no academics, uh, no recruiting, no NIL, no transfer portal. <laughs> I don't have any of that. So well, you brought just, up you brought up NIL. How do you think you deal with that now? I mean, and particularly at Oklahoma, uh, which you don't have the population out there that maybe they do it in Columbus, Ohio, or you know any number. Yeah. Of- now you just do the best you can, and um, you know, and and I think Brent's uh, you know doing a great job looking for players who are after more than just some money, you know, players that want an education, players that want to be in a great program and be a part of something special, that kind of thing. And, you know, and we're going to do what we can uh, NIL-wise, but if that's all the guy's interested in, that's okay. Brent's like, hey, you, you can, mm-hmm. that's all you care about. You can go somewhere else, see how it works. You had some teams. You, know? you had some teams at Oklahoma, Coach Stoops, that uh, I think in one year he averaged 51 points a game. But uh, you were a defensive guy. You were a defensive coordinator. Uh, but you still win with defense, right? You can score points. But uh, I look at Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, what he's done. Uh, the the great teams that win titles win it with defense, right? Oh, I wouldn't say that. Not in nope. today's world. Not anything. today? I okay. mean, well, not, I mean, it sure helps. I'm, don't get yeah. me wrong. I, yeah. I get it. But but you see some of these teams that light it up. And uh, anyway, I don't I don't. You go back and look. I know there's. I'm just looking at. Uh, I don't know what Georgia average point wise last year, and I know their defense is fantastic. So yeah. that's probably not a great analogy. But you're not going to win one without scoring points either. Yeah. So you got to have. You got to have both. You got to be able to score a lot of points in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many people yeah. that can throw the ball so well. Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, so I. Sure, defense wins championships to a point. Uh, you're not going to win them without points either. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, Coach Stoops, uh, we really appreciate you being with us today. I've never had anybody live going uh, through an airport uh, at the same time, so uh, that's an honor to be on to have well, you with us. And uh, like I said, when I when I committed to it, I don't I, I stay to my commitments, but I didn't realize this just came up. But this wasn't scheduled. So anyway, <laughs> I make it work. So well, hopefully, it was all right. Well, it was great. And Coach Q, thank you for your uh, being with us and being able to help us with Coach Stoops. And uh, again, a pleasure to have you both on today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good good to be with you. All right. Enjoy the day. Thank hey, you. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate day, it. Bob. All right, Nick. Bye now. Talk to you later. That's Bob Stoops, coach at Oklahoma. Coach Q, thank you again. And uh, we'll wrap it up for today with you. Thank you. Certainly. All right. Always a pleasure and look forward to doing it again. Thanks, guys. Very good. All right. Uh, That is Coach Q and Coach Bob Stoops here on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. So there you go, Lauren. Well, there's a lot of of history there. (laughs) And, you know, that that Oklahoma situation is – when you brought up about defense, and I, every time Oklahoma plays, he scores 35 or 40 or 50 yeah. points. I mean, it really yeah. is amazing what they've done offensively and continue to do all the time. You just can't seem to stop them. Yeah.
they might lose, but they'll lose 35-31. Yeah. Well, ultimately, uh, you know, you do have to be able to stop people. And I'm oh, thinking, sure. of, you know, his Alabama defense yeah. is what I was thinking about with Georgia and their defense. Yeah. yeah, they score a lot of points, but they don't give you very much either. You know, and uh, but but the, the we're conditioned in the Western Division to try to beat Wisconsin or Iowa for the championship, and, and Northwestern has slipped in twice with really good defense. They've right. done it, but uh, I, I just. Uh, it's amazing to me how I, there's something going on there that allows them to score so uh, consistently offensively for years and mm-hmm. years and years. 9.55 at News Talk 1400 DWS. We'll open up the phone lines here in a little bit. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. They're very passionate about what they do. They're on the south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. Dave spent a number of years as an insurance adjuster before returning to his first love, fixing cars, Bill ran body shops at other notable businesses in the area. And uh, we've got, uh, of course, a great place you can go for their website, gallomiller.com. They work with all the insurance companies. They understand the insurance uh, lingo, if you will, and they'll just take the stress out of uh, everything dealing with uh, an accident that you've had. They hope they don't. Uh, you don't need their service, but if you do, they certainly are happy to help. Gallo Miller, Paint and Collision Repair, south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. All right, Bob Stoops was our guest here this morning. Uh, appreciate him being with us for a little bit as he worked his way through the airport. Uh, 9.56 at DWS. All right, uh, Illinois and Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga, by the way, is undefeated. Yep, they, they They are 3-0. They and they ranked... Northern Alabama Saturday 41-14, to and they've outscored their opponents this year by – a big margin. I think it's they've got over 100 points in three games. And uh, in their last game, they just played Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so now they're coming on a short short, short yeah. rest where Illinois yeah. has been well rested. Illinois has got some advantages. Yeah. <laughs> now you just have to take advantage of your advantages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's, that's a good uh, – I like that line. <laughs> okay. Take advantage of your advantages. Uh, and uh, Chattanooga, by the way, at last check was ninth in the FCS poll. So this is a top-10 team. Yeah, two a couple FCS weeks ago level. they went to Eastern and won. That was 38-20 uh, to 20 at Eastern Illinois. So mm-hmm. this is a team that if Illinois can, can reduce the number of uh, mistakes and, and penalties – and uh, just you know, avoid turnovers that, that that they should win handily. I think. I mean, Illinois. I think is is a lot better than than a lot of people realize. I think mm-hmm. can be proved wrong in a hurry because we've seen so many upsets like this. This is a perfect situation. I mean, Chattanooga's at a great disadvantage because of having played already just a few days, played day before yesterday, and now mm-hmm. they got to play Thursday. You know, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Marshall beat Notre Dame yes. and then lose to Bowling Green. Yeah. Yeah. In back-to-back weeks. Well, SIU was 0-2 against two weak opponents going to Northwestern. They had a two-touchdown lead late and one by one touchdown. Yeah. How do you figure? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It is hard to figure. So yeah. big win for the Salukis uh, in that regard. And Appalachian State gets a Hail Mary at the end of their game mm-hmm. to beat Troy. They've had three of the most exciting games of the year. What was it, 61-63 uh, against uh, North, Carolina. North Carolina? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the video of the announcers in the booth for Appalachian State? Yes. It's pretty funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you don't have to throw the ball in the end zone to, to make a Hail Mary work, by the right, way. Right, right. It bounced out in front, and the guy caught it and ran with it. Yeah, that's all that happened, and he ran it in. Yeah. All right, well, that was a fun first hour. 
Joined it with uh, Bob Stoops, uh, Stoops and uh, Coach Kataro. And uh, if you miss any of that, you can always do the podcast. Uh, go to the podcast at WDWS.com. Adam Austin's our producer today. Glad you're with us. Hour number two of our Monday morning quarterback show is coming up. The Queen's funeral ongoing in London. So news from CBS on that coming up. But first, the weather on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. On a penny for your thoughts, Monday morning quarterback show as we uh, rejoin you here today on the uh, 19th. Lauren Tate is with us. We had Bob Stoops on in that first hour. He won some games, didn't he? He did. Well, here we Yeah, I racked up, wrote down some of the um, national championship in 2000, all-time winningest coach at Oklahoma. And, of course, they've had Barry Switzer and Bud Wilkinson over the years, so that's saying something. Uh, ten times Big Twelve champions, two times National Coach of the Year, six time Big Ten Coach of the Year, uh, Big Twelve Coach of the Year, in the Hall of Fame in 2021. 2008 team had the highest scoring team in college football history, averaged 51 points a game. That's, when, you, when you ask him about defense, he wants you to remember that. Didn't yeah, he? I guess so. Yeah, he, <laughs> as well, I, uh, I think some of these uh, elite teams are pretty good defensively. So, <laughs> but uh, they do score, and he had a stretch of five straight games at one point that year where they scored sixty points or more. Wow, five in a row. Uh, played for Hayden Fry at Iowa. Worked for Coach Fry. Worked for Bill Snyder. Also for Steve Spurrier. Uh, lost the BCS championship game to, in 04, 06, and '09, uh, and he's the only coach, uh, I think, the first and only to win all four of the BCS bowl games and the BCS championship. You want them all. Once you get it going, it's a lot easier to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Once you get it going. Yeah. Well, they've had it going there for a long time. You bet. So they're very, very passionate. All right. Uh, 217-356-9397 is our number. Your thoughts uh, here on uh, football, on the Illini. Of course, did not play this last week. We'll play Thursday night. Are you ready for a Thursday night game? The students are coming in uh, for, for free. Free, free tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, would you like to see that more often? Little, well, yeah, maybe it'll help fill up some of that east side. It's not our pockets, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, <laughs> but it just seems to me like a, a really anything that will get the students out. I would think that's all that really matters. Uh, somebody mentioned Coach Q. Who is that? Well, he is uh, was a coach at Drake, Nick Cartero. Yep, and he um, uh, was an assistant for Bill Snyder at K State. Uh, been a head coach a couple of times, and uh, just been in college coaching. He knows a lot of different coaches. So, yeah, he really a, studies it too. He does. It makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. So he's uh, kind of a regular feature for us, and uh, writes for the News Gazette, and uh, is on with Scott on Thursdays generally with a Q and A segment that they uh, do there. So, uh, ten twelve at News Talk fourteen hundred DWS. Uh, Big Ten results from the weekend. Uh, Lauren mentioned SIU beat Northwestern. Yeah, that um, was a. Uh, Shocker for the Wildcats, who kind of put a knife in the heart of Nebraska over in Dublin, and then they come home and 
lose to SIU. SIU had lost two really bad games before that. I mean, mm-hmm. when yeah. I say bad games, weak teams. Incarnate, they lost. Incarnate Word was one of them. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know they had a football. I knew they had a basketball team. I didn't remember their bas- a football team. Right. But, uh, um, but and I and I thought the the other big disappointment probably uh, was uh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. In the fact that we play Michigan State this year, so it's just like they're in our division, really. I mean, you, you play them, you, mm-hmm. you, you're concerned about them. And, and uh, Washington really dominated them in that game. They were ahead 36-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. 36-14, to 14, final was 39-28. to 28. And uh, that, I wanted to bring this up, Brian, and I told you uh, when we were off the air, uh, the USA Coaches Bowl came out. Yes. And, uh, and the coaches... You know, I think most of them just hand it over to the SID to do it. But, but some 66 coaches are involved in this, w- willing to contribute to this. But here's the here's the tough part. Washington is undefeated. They are ranked 24th. The team they beat, Michigan State, is ranked 21, three, points, three uh, shots ahead of them. And Washington, in that game against Michigan State, held them to 42 rushing yards. Now, if you remember a year ago, Michigan State could really run the ball. They had one of the mm-hmm. best runners in the nation. And he's gone, by the way. They had 42 yards rushing, and Washington ran up 503 yards in the game, and they're ranked below Michigan State. How, how can you be? How, I mean, can you give me any way that's possible? Well, and uh, you've talked about this before. The preseason polls are all just oh. guesswork. Yeah, and I mean, then the, I think people once once you make your preseason pick, you don't want to change too much. I mean, okay, Notre Dame lost to Ohio State, I'll move them down a couple spots, you know. And then they lost to Marshall. Well, I'm going to move them. You know, it's just that uh, people don't want to change what they originally set up in their own mind. And I think you just got to erase everything and go with the with the results so far. I would think so. Yeah, do a preseason and reshuffle it all after you know three weeks. But as it is right now, it's Georgia number one, and of course uh, uh, Alabama number two, and, and Ohio State three. I don't think anybody can argue too much with that. That that's the way it's come up. And uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's right up in there again, and you got thirteen teams that are undefeated in the top thirteen, and then you got three other undefeated teams uh, that didn't rank in that top thirteen. Mm-hmm. There's sixteen undefeated teams that were in the top twenty-five, and Washington's one of them, and they're twenty-fourth. <laughs> Well, here's what's interesting in the Big Ten standings. Northwestern's one and two overall, mm-hmm. but they're one and zero oh in the Big Ten, and they yes. lead the Big Ten West. <laughs> Big Ten West. Yeah, that's so right. How about that? You yeah. know, so as bad as they've been, or as much as they've struggled. Yeah, and they lost to Duke and lost to SIU, and those games don't count. That's right in the Big, in the Ten, Big Ten standings. Right. Uh, the other games coming up: Chattanooga, Illinois; Central Michigan at Penn State; Saturday, Maryland at Michigan; Indiana at Cincinnati. Indiana, good one. Indiana, three and zero. I'd pick Cincinnati in that one. I think so. Minnesota at Michigan State, Iowa at Rutgers, Florida Atlantic at Purdue, Miami of Ohio at Northwestern, and Wisconsin is at Ohio State. By the way, at Rutgers, there's no pushover. I guess no. you know Shiano just won his 80th game there mm-hmm. at Rutgers with two stays. This is his second stay there, and um, Iowa's got to figure out a way to score some points, which they managed to do. Uh, in the monsoon yes. that ended at one thirty-five in the morning at Iowa, that rain just caused them. To, it's a lightning that did it. Yeah, lightning. Every time it lightning, they had to stop for thirty, 30 minutes. minutes. I thought that. I thought that when that happened, I don't know. I thought they said forty-five minutes, but I think it was in any 30. case, it's yeah. thirty. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I wonder how that call-in post-game show when it got started. <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, what I wonder is how many people were left watching the game. I know. I mean, those. I, I mean, you, you just had to go home at some point, didn't well, you? You were up twenty something to nothing already, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so yeah. The like, game was okay, over. The I mean, over. I thought maybe they just call it off and get, call it an Iowa victory. They weren't going to do that. They're no, going, they weren't going to play all sixty minutes. I wonder what time Nevada got home. Uh, oh, brother. Ten seventeen at DWS Monday Morning Quarterback Show presented by Berkey's. Uh, hello, Alan. Morning, guys. <clears throat> I missed the first hour, so this might be a little redundant. Uh, Lauren, I think uh, Washington could have easily scored 50, 55 points on uh, Michigan State. They were down there at the goal line a couple times, and they messed up. And uh, it could have been a lot worse than it was. Well, is, uh, is their quarterback, Michael Penix, was he, wasn't he at Indiana one time? Yes, sir. He was at Indiana. He had four touchdown passes in this game. And, of course, he transferred out of Indiana after this past season, which he was yeah. injured most of the season this last year. He had one year to go, and he went to Washington, and he was the star of the game. He yeah. threw for 399 uh, yards, I believe. Well, at least we didn't have to face him this year. It might have been a little bit worse. But uh, uh, the Tennessee-Chattanooga game, I would not uh, sleep on them. They're, I think they're a little better than most people realize. They gave Kentucky a really good game last year. Yeah. And they got most of the players back this year. So it might not be the pushover that a lot of people expect. Well, that's. I mean, we're seeing enough upsets to think you. You know, that's probably it. Could it could go either way. True. Uh, just depends on uh, how motivated we are. We're facing our third transfer quarterback, by the yeah, way. That's right. Yeah. Everybody but uh, Brennan Armstrong. So far, that this guy's from Eastern Michigan, quarterback. Well, isn't everybody about transfer anymore? Yeah. This Seems guy's like name it. is Peyton Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. He's completed 66% of his passes so far for 752 yards in their three wins. I wonder if he's named yeah. after Peyton Manning. <laughs> what I do you think? I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping the weather is cooled off by then. I think it will be. And it might be just a nice fall night to have a game. Although I'm a little curious weather. Starting so late, 730. Uh, I would say television. If you answer that, just call the TV well, people. Yeah. They'll give you a real good answer for that. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Alan. We could do without TV. Uh, That's right. Well, yes. They make the decisions. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Bye. you. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Our uh, news during the course of the day today, brought to you by our friends at First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since eighteen sixty five. Versus a visit firstmid.com to find out more. Uh, Indiana, somebody texted in, says, is Indiana the worst 3-0 and team you've ever seen? Well, maybe not the worst, but they're... They are 3-0. They're, they're, yeah, I mean, they were lucky. I mean, at the end of the game, I mean, I shouldn't say lucky. I mean, one, one, somebody's got to win when it's a close game, right? Right. And Indiana's pulled out three games in which they trailed in the second half. Yep, they're 3-0 and in comeback wins. Blocked a field goal yep. at the end of the game and then won it in overtime. Yep. So uh, they are uh, undefeated 3-0. and Ohio State blew out Toledo 77-21. Minnesota over Colorado 49-7. Michigan over UConn 59-0. Penn State blows out Auburn 41-12 at Auburn. Well, the Indiana-Western Kentucky game, 
Indiana's down eight. They got to score a touchdown and kick the, and make a two point conversion in order to get it into overtime, and they did mm. just barely did. Now Western Kentucky's got a, got time at the end of the game to win the game in regulation before it goes into overtime, and sure enough. They get the ball down there in easy field goal range. I say easy. It would have mm-hmm. been a long field goal, but it was way, it was inside of certainly doable. Yeah, it was doable. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And the guy kicked it to the right. That's how close Indiana came to losing. The ball's in the air. If it goes to the left of that pole, they uh, pins, uh, Western Kentucky win. If it goes to the right of the pole, Indiana still got a chance. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Then they get in the overtime, and as you said, I believe the first uh, kick was blocked. Isn't that right? By Indiana, I mean, the first field goal attempt by Western Kentucky, they didn't get it in mm-hmm. any case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Indiana did a terrible job offensively when they got the ball, but they were still within field goal range, even though they'd lost yardage, and the guy made it. I was listening that's how to, close it was. That's how close it was. I was how close was Purdue to winning. Oh, they lost man. to Syracuse with seven seconds left. And the guy that took the, the, the guy that took over the quarterback position a year ago, Schrader. Through that touchdown pass, must have close to fifty yards in the corner of the end zone, mm-hmm. right at the end of the game to save the game to win it. Yeah, and and Purdue had scored with just a few seconds left, yeah. under a minute to go. Yeah, uh, on and their on their. What score. did I say when the show started? You're not safe at any time <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the, what happens in the last ten seconds is, is is who wins the game. Who wins the game? And uh, Purdue had a bunch of penalties, and they had mm-hmm. so many penalties on one play. The coach got a penalty, and this got a penalty, and the, that the other team, uh, Syracuse, kicked off from the <laughs> Purdue like thirty yard line or something like that. They had so many penalties on an ensuing uh, in touchdown. So, I want to com- make a complaint about a coach. All right, the Western Kentucky coach. I forgot his name. Doggone it! There was forty-seven seconds on the clock. Okay, forty-seven seconds. They. That's a lot of time for a kickoff if you've got two timeouts. That's like having well over a minute. He called all his timeouts to make them sweat out the two-point conversion, which Indiana made. Made, yeah. Now when he gets the ball, he's got no timeouts. I'm thinking... If they make the two-point conversion, give yourself as much time as possible to get over halftime, get over the mid, 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 get down there within field goal range, kick a winning field goal. Well, he didn't do it. Indiana kicks off out of bounds. The ball is placed on the 35. They start from the 35 with 47 seconds, but they've lost those two timeouts. That's why they had to kick from where they did. If they'd had the two timeouts, they'd had a chance for several more plays which would have gotten him closer maybe, and maybe he would have made the field goal. I just thought that was bad coaching to call all those timeouts down there. You're going to have to ultimately – ultimately, I know you're trying to change your defense. You think they're going to do something, and, mm-hmm. and you're trying to make them sweat it out, the, the two-point conversion. But, man, save those, save those timeouts. Yeah, for when you need them, when you really need them. Yeah. Well, that's your complaint? That's my complaint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to bring up Herm Edwards. Yes, got fired at Arizona State. Yeah, sure did. They lost to Eastern Michigan, thirty to twenty-one. And the other thing is, they're under uh, an investigation when he allowed players to be recruited at a time when there was a non-recruiting period, hmm. which he should have known. And it's another case of a guy that, and he was on TV by the way, in between after he was right. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But another case of a of a pro coach coming back into college and just. 
not able to get it done from a recruiting standpoint and from a coaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a big name. Everybody knew oh, Herman yeah. Edwards and very Everybody successful. Everybody knew Herman Edwards. Everybody loved Herman Edwards. Yeah. They don't love him there anymore. I guess he'll Arizona uh, State's going to get a new one. My guess is he'll go back into TV. Well, I bet he, I yeah. bet he will. At some point. That's where they all go. Yeah. 1025 at DWS. Monday morning quarterbacking presented by our friends at Berkey's, your local Kubota dealer on High Cross Road in Urbana. 1025, back in a moment with Lauren. Ten twenty-eight on a penny for your thoughts here with Lauren Tate. We are uh, Monday morning quarterbacking today. No game for Illinois this past Saturday, but they do have a game Thursday night at 7.30. We'll be on the air at 5.30 with all of our coverage from Grange Grove on Thursday night. And then no game until the 1st of October at Wisconsin. As Lauren mentioned, the Badgers will be coming off a game at Ohio State. And then Brett Bielema is returning to Wisconsin. That might I don't think Brett's going to talk <laughs> about that. There, but huh? There's a lot of different angles to that story. Yeah. Well, it'll it, be interesting. It's always tough after you played Ohio State. I mean, it's an ideal time for Illinois mm-hmm. to go in there. Illinois will be well rested, hopefully uh, healthy. Hopefully healthy. You know, mm-hmm. you never know what can happen against Chattanooga Thursday night. I mean, anything can happen. But but uh, nevertheless, it's it's a big game for Illinois because I think Wisconsin is still as good as anybody. In the Western Division, I mean, we're still waiting to see how good Minnesota is. They're three and zero. We know that. Played three bad teams. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So far, you want to talk a little baseball? Yeah. Okay. The last two games that the St. Louis Cardinals have played, they scored one run. Yep. The last two games. Mm-hmm. Okay. They didn't get any yesterday, but the previous game, the night before, in the eleventh inning with the bases loaded, the Cardinals are batting. Kids were on third base. The catchers on third base. With a winning run, ground ball that the third baseman backhands and then commences to throw home for the force out, and the runner veers to the inside of the base path to block the throw, which hits him on the shoulder, Hmm. and he touches home plate to win the game, Hmm. and it was over. Now, if that same thing happened at first base... yeah. It would be illegal, but there is evidently no rule, no matter how far you can veer. I shouldn't say how far. I mean, you can't go to the pitcher's mound. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah you, can't, you can't veer out of the baseline. Well, he, that, but, he did. I mean, yeah. he, was, he definitely he moved over several feet okay. to block the throw yeah. intentionally, hmm. I think. Well, Now, my question is, does anybody know why that's legal or why it <laughs> should be legal? But... I mean, the Cardinals are happy, but is I mean, Cincinnati had a real beef there, didn't they? I thought so. But there's no yeah. rule that mm-hmm. the umpire said that that's not something that that, that they can look back in. Ten thirty. The, the interesting thing about that is just one inning before, when when the Cardinals had a runner coming in from third base, the runner slid, but he slid way out toward the infield side trying to. Get the trying to catch the bag. He was further out maybe than than Kissner was. Oh wow! But he okay. was sliding. But here's in this case the throw was coming from right behind him, and he he actually veered over to the left. Hmm. Clearly, clearly moved from the baseline to the inside the baseline to block the throw, 
and did, and that won the game. Interesting to see what the Cardinals do in the postseason. And well, uh, the one thing that, and the, you know this because you follow baseball like I do, but they had an unbelievable August. Mm-hmm. Well, 22 and whatever they were. Yeah, made a great re- run. Got great those two run. pitchers, Quintana and, and Montgomery, Montgomery, really out. helped them yeah. then. And by the way, Quintana pitched a heck of a game again. Montgomery lost for the second straight game mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Didn't get any offensive help. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see with the numbers, you know, do you peak too early? You have well, such an unbelievable run. But once you yeah. get into the postseason, it's a whole different ballgame yeah. anyway. So. I, I, they just don't have a team that's set up very well for postseason. But they've ma- I, think it's, I think the culture of the Cardinals has an awful lot to do with what they've done in this season. Last year, you remember, late in the season, when they looked mediocre most of the year, they won 17 consecutive games and got in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, Milwaukee has uh, has been less effective uh, in terms, of, you know, they haven't they haven't had the record this year that that mm-hmm. we thought they might have, and the Cardinals have just done way better than we ever dreamed they would. Mm-hmm. In a division that's pretty weak. Oh I mean, the, yeah, you know, the Pirates, no question. And the, you know, yeah, Cubs no, are very Cubs good. Is, but my goodness, I, those Cincinnati Cincinnati's got some young pitchers. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. saw a couple guys that really throw the ball the last few days, and maybe next year they can uh, make a little bit of a move. All right, let's go back to the phones here at the bottom of the hour, and this is Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing fine. How are you guys Good. doing? Good. Hey, I just wanted to comment. Last year, uh, line at football, we were, I would say, extremely disciplined, played great defense, won the turnover battle. We may have struggled offensively uh, last year, but this year is kind of just the exact opposite. A lot of stupid penalties, you know, um, personal fouls. Uh, losing the turnover battle. I think our defense is as strong or better than last year, and I, I do think we'll turn it around, but maybe just kind of talk about why you, you think that is. And my other question was, in the second half, we had first and goal on the four-yard line against Virginia, and we threw three consecutive incomplete passes. And, you know, if you're going to – if you think you can score a touchdown passing the ball, then you better complete the pass. Otherwise, you got a big offensive line that's been pushing the Virginia around the whole game, and you don't think you can run it in on three plays from the four-yard line with Chase Brown in the backfield. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't work. All right, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. That didn't work yeah. out so well at Indiana. They tried that. Tried to run it in. And yeah, I but, mean uh, it. <laughs> you just my, my theory is that you've you've always got to do what they least expect. If you if they mass all their people in the in the very center of the line and that's where you run, it's like uh, was it the bear game yesterday? The bears tried to to run it in from the one inch line and they didn't get it. Mm. It's hard to run in there when you've got thou, two thousand pounds of people yeah. that are masked there. I mean, I I don't know. I, I everybody has trouble running it in from the one yard line. I mean, sometimes it works real easy if you pop open, but if you run where they're they're masked, it's it's very hard to yeah. do. Uh, Defense. As far as penalties are concerned, penalties, yeah. I just mentioned Denver had thirteen, and nobody nobody had. Uh, no, no, it's not consistent. You'll have penalties one game, you won't have penalties the next game. There's no consistency now. Illinois had like eight or ten penalties the last two games each, and that's bad. But I don't see that as a, something that they can't correct. 
We're with uh, Lauren Tate today on a Monday morning quarterback show. We'll continue with more here. Let me get to CBS News. The Queen with her funeral right now at uh, St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle. That's ongoing. We'll uh, get an update from CBS and then uh, come back more with uh, Lauren Tate here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. But first, this time out. It's understood. I had to reach up. I let the wheel of fortune spin. I touched your hand before the crowd started rushing in. Now I'm higher than a kite. I know I'm Back on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Here on our Monday morning quarterback show, brought to you by Berkey's, High Cross Road in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer, 1040 on DWS on this Monday. We had Bob Stoops on with us, a Hall of Fame coach, long time at Oklahoma in the first hour with Coach Quitaro as well. Coach Q is with us on periodically, of course. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Somebody texted in and said, hey, tell Bob Stoops the Nebraska job would be a good fit for him. Um, I don't think he's going to I don't go think he's going to go to Nebraska. I don't no, think he, he likes Nebraska. I don't, he didn't seem to be very. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up Nebraska. And Boy, that was the that end was of the like, world. It was like, nope. No, don't uh, talk about it. <laughs> and he said something about, yeah, they left us. <laughs> right. They left us in the Big 12. So I don't know. In Oklahoma and Nebraska, they don't like each other very much. So there's, no, there's sir. something there. So uh, 217-356-9397. Uh, real quick, I'm happy the Washington Huskies beat Michigan State. Warren Moon was one of my favorite players. Wow, that's going back a ways in the 77 Rose Bowl. Go Huskies. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Brian and Lauren. I'm sorry if you've discussed this already, but do you know what will be the consequences of the new rules in baseball if the timer expires before a pitch? It's a ball. Balls will be called, question mark. You know, it's a so. ball. Or if the pitcher throws to first more than twice with a player advance. Well, that's I don't understand that. He doesn't automatically advance, but you can't throw it over there again, so how do you – can you step? I mean, if the guy starts to run, can you just step off and throw to second base? I don't know. Yeah, that's a I good mean, question. I mean, how can you limit the throws to first base? Yeah, I thought that was a strange one. I didn't quite. If I throw over once and I don't dare throw the second time, there's some strategy because if I throw involved. the second time, that's the last time I can throw over. There's some strategy involved, and in, maybe they're trying to get more stolen bases again. I don't know. But, but the Cubs had a pitcher. His name was Lester. And he couldn't throw the ball to first base. That's right. And they couldn't steal off of him. Could you ever figure that out? I thought, oh, boy, the Cardinals got all this speed. They'll steal off him. All they did was get thrown out. Funny how that worked. (laughs) (laughs) 10.42 at DWS. Uh, Need to have someone learn the Walter Payton leap at the goal line. Also play action passes at goal line. think they used this in one of their TDs against Virginia. I cheered when they did that. Yeah, Walter Payton used to just leap over the top. Like a swan, he just yeah went over. Uh, by the way, tonight on the uh, we got sports talk at four and five o'clock. will be at the Esquire, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe Steve Kelly's back from his He's sojourn to back. see his grand grandson. And uh, you've got what Becky Beach and Josh Whitman. Yep, tonight. Yep, Becky Beach and Josh Whitman. Uh, Wednesday, by the way, we'll do our Illini Friday. I'm doing air quotes because the game is Thursday. We'll do an Illini Friday, the day before the game, and Ron Gunther will join us. We'll talk to Ron on Wednesday for a little bit. He's going into the uh, Hall of Fame, Athletics Hall of You're Fame. You're going to be on, on the phone, or is he going to be? I think he's going to be on the phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll talk to Ron on Wednesday and do our Illini Friday with Kent and uh, Barry, I think, Barry Hauser. And I uh, forget what else we have this week. I'll have to look. Uh, 217-356-9397. John jumps in with us. Hi, John. Hey, good morning. I heard you guys talk about the Kinzer play in the Cardinals score. Um, my understanding is this. the three, Because he wasn't being played on, even though he was being played on by a throw, but when he's in a rundown, then he has to, then the, the, his true baseline gets established during that rundown, and he cannot veer three feet either way to avoid a tag. And you think about it, sometimes a guy gets a base hit, he's runner on second, he rounds third, he's way out there, yep. and he comes home. So you, yep. can, you can move around between the, the, uh, the baseline. But once you start getting played on, then that's the that's the end of the story there. Well, he was played on. Yes, he was played on by a throw, mm-hmm. but not being played on to uh, by a tag. Right. Hmm. And there, it's and 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 by the way, uh, on a tag, you could run all the way around, come back in from the other side, and score. Yes. I mean, if if the catcher. You know, somehow yeah. dropped the ball or something, and, you know, or couldn't mm-hmm. make the tag. You, you can come in from all directions. The fact of the matter is, I've seen situations where, if you go back a few years, I remember when a guy struck out one time. The catcher just uh, dropped the ball. You know, didn't catch it, and, and the yeah. runner, uh, the batter, started to walk toward first base, and then took off running. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And um, there is give up rules. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the MLB. Well, the give up rule, rule the umpire has to accept it. The give up rule, if 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 the umpire says you're out because you've given up, that you're out. But if yes. if he hasn't said you're out, you can run at any point. Yes, in high school, you actually have the right to still run to first as long as you haven't taken one step into the dugout. <laughs> okay. Still alive. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Good show, guys. Hey, thank, thank you. Know. you. John, I appreciate you being there. September is National Preparedness Month, a month dedicated to the awareness of and preparation for emergencies that can happen anywhere at any time. Risks for hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, or wildfires, natural disasters are inevitable, or a hailstorm like last night. Save money in an emergency savings account. To open a new account, reach out to your local Busey branch or use the new online account opening option through Busey.com. Have access to important documents to start the recovery process quickly and efficiently. And secure property, health, and life insurance if you don't already have them. 150 years of uh, strength and service. Busey knows the importance of a lasting promise. Busey with you every step of the way. For more information about financial preparedness in this month of September, visit Busey.com. 1046 at DWS. Carl's up next. Good morning, Carl. Hey, guys. I I was just thinking last night, uh, it's interesting that in the Big Ten West, Iowa can't score and Nebraska can't defend. <laughs> so it's... Okay. Well, the just, defensive coordinator in Nebraska got fired. Yeah, something I can't understand because you're not going to change what you've been doing since March is just you're just going to be doing the same thing this week or I guess they have an off week so or bye week I want to hear Bob Osmussen howling at the moon so (laughs) yeah well you better treat Bob nice he's not going to help you next time 
Help me with what? (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) He helps you. Bob's a good guy. Yeah, well, he's he's been battling, I know, and he's uh, good to see him back working for us again. So, all right. Anyway, so, all righty then. Thank you, Carl. Mm-hmm. Bye. Appreciate it. Ten forty-seven at DWS. Let me get the update from Brent Musburger here as we head for another college football weekend in Illinois' case Thursday night action against Chattanooga. Here's here's uh, Brent. Queen Elizabeth's funeral continuing in uh, London in the chapel there at Windsor Castle as uh, we continue to work our way through the morning. We'll talk to uh, C. Lotness about all of this coming up later this week as well here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Some open line time uh, for the next day or so as well. Uh, 217-351-5357 is the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Good morning, guys. When you talk about the time of Major League Baseball games, is it me? Or is the major issue the commercial time between innings and not the players? You think that's part of it? You bet. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I mean, those commercials, it just seems like they just run so long. I went to a game a couple of weeks ago, and there was at least five to ten minutes between each inning. Well, uh, I don't know about ten minutes, yeah. but uh, with people throwing shirts to the crowd and the field workers dragging the diamond three times a game, five minutes each inning is 45 minutes. Well, that's a good point. It, no. Whatever it is, it sure drags out. Yeah. And most commercial breaks, I mean, we have, during our games, I think it's either two- or three-minute breaks. Um, when there are fast major league games, it's because the pitcher is throwing strikes and forcing the batters to hit the ball without them being able to hit it out of the ballpark. You know, that that was – and, and the, Quintana had a perfect example of that in his, la, his start this, this past weekend for the Cardinals in that he was – they were hitting the ball, but they weren't hitting it very hard. They were getting outs, and and it moves quicker that way. If it, if it if you're going to strike out somebody and they're going to foul the ball off maybe several times and that sort of thing, if you're really unhittable, that stretches the game out because it takes a lot of pitches to strike a guy out. It might take six or seven pitches to strike somebody out. But between the balls you throw and the balls he fouls, mm-hmm. whereas if a guy is hitting the ball weakly, that moves fast, and that mm-hmm. seemed to be the way it was years ago. You, you'd have pitchers able to finish, you know, throw mm-hmm. 100 pitches in a game, right. maybe eight innings or so, and uh, the game would move along. With the game, These games don't move along very fast very often. Now, the, the one to nothing game, the win 11 innings, move fast for the Cardinals, but mm-hmm. that's because nobody got on base. It just went out after another. <laughs> I had a game I did in the minor leagues 30-some years ago. It was the last day of the regular season. Both teams were out of it. And uh, the game lasted just over an hour. It was one of the quickest <laughs> nine-inning games I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there was some kind of a – it was something going on. There was some kind of a dispute about something with the players and management or something, and the players were kind of protesting. I don't know what it was. I don't remember exactly what happened. But So there was a combination of that, and it was the end of the season, and both teams were out. and It was, a, it was just time to get out of town. And that game was the fastest I've ever seen. First pitch swinging, I mean, no taking of pitches. It was uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, the Indiana game had a few of those pass plays to a wide receiver standing out near the sideline waiting for a pass. And that hasn't worked since Tepper was here. At least have him move. 
like Matt Canada did at NIU. I did, however, like the third and seven pass play against Virginia pass that was seven, eight yards. They've tried a little longer passes here lately. Pass oh, yeah. to, pass to Bryant was yeah, about 40 Bryant yards. Was a great, and by the way, that was a great reception. Oh, it was. Perfectly thrown ball, Perfectly too. Perfectly thrown ball. Oh, yeah, yeah I put it, put it right in it was in covered. Uh, somebody wanted to know if Centennial's playing baseball today. Um, if they are, it could be of some a scrimmage or a... Yeah, I don't uh, know, but I don't uh, know. there's no reason why you shouldn't. Everybody ought to be playing baseball in this kind of weather, hadn't they? You would think. My yeah. heavens, now, yes. Now, the junior high teams do. I know. The Illini yeah. softball team's got some games coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Illinois, usually, with a scrimmage or a yeah, couple of they, scrimmages. They, or... Yeah, we should find out. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but, I, I but uh, they certainly should. Uh, 10.55 at uh, DWS. Again, the uh, Big Ten games this weekend. A couple of games of note. Maryland at Michigan. And uh, Maryland's still uh, undefeated, I believe. That's they, right. They beat SMU yep. over the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Penn State hosting Central Michigan. Uh, back in conference, Minnesota at Michigan State. Non-conference, Indiana at Cincinnati. Iowa at Rutgers. And Wisconsin at Ohio State. Uh, those the uh, games, Miami of Ohio at Northwestern, Florida Atlantic at Purdue. You'd think the Boilers would win that one. Uh, by the way, Illinois trying to get to 3-1. and one. Uh, They have not won all their non-conference games since 2011 when they started the year 6-0. and oh. They did start 4-1 and one under Bill Cubitt, which I had forgotten about mm-hmm. in 2015, but finished 1-6. and six. And with some well, close the losses, got tougher later yeah, on. the games got a little tougher later on. But they did start four and one back just seven years ago, so it hasn't been that long ago. Minnesota, and Michigan State. We need Michigan State to bounce back and win. Mm-hmm. Just knock Minnesota down a little bit. Yeah. I think Illinois got at least until we're out of it. I think Illinois got a shot in the Western Division. Now they've already got one loss. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. But uh, the, here's the thing about as you go along. The teams that you beat then have to finish a game ahead of you in order. If you beat them head to head, that right. would be the and, and you tied. Let's say two teams tied for the championship. Then the, then the playoff goes to the team that uh, defeated the other team. Mm-hmm. So Illinois still not hurt in that way because they haven't lost anybody in the Western Division. In the Western Division, yep. And uh, this year in the East, you, you know, played any of them either. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's right. Well, we're playing uh, what Michigan State here and at Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course we had the game at Indiana too for the um, the games across the conference, if you will, on the East side. All right, again, Becky Beach and Josh Whitman tonight was up at I was at Olympia Fields last night. Oh, tell uh, us about they, that. They raised money. Oh, they had uh, several of the current golfers there, all of the current golfers. Yeah, and, how much money did they raise? Oh, they raised a bunch of money. Oh, they had uh, hundreds of thousands. Oh, I don't, I don't know what the number will be, but mm-hmm. be well over, well over a hundred thousand, and maybe mm-hmm. two hundred. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I lost track. The numbers were adding up so fast. So yeah. they've got some great supporters. The Rouses over at uh, First Federal and GTPS have been sponsoring the team. That the team really played pretty well. I mean, they finished second, which mm-hmm. is really good in that uh, field because about uh, well, what, seven or eight of those teams are ranked high. Very high in the nation. Uh, Ten fifty-eight at DWS. If you want to join us here, we got about a minute. Uh, we'll try to get you in uh, here on a penny for your thoughts tomorrow. Again, we'll be on nine to eleven. We had uh, Coach Q and we had Bob Stoops on with us in the first hour. If you missed any of that, you can certainly uh, get the podcast. Uh, one more call here with a minute to go, and Nancy, go ahead. Well, this is Nancy Carter, and I wanted to thank both you and Lauren for coming out to the Mulligan for Mental Health golf outing last Monday. 
Yeah, and that was doing fun. Doing your show out there. That was just awesome. Um, I just can't thank you enough, both of you and the radio stations. Um, it was really a great success, and I just wanted to call and, and thank you and tell you that there's a family-to-family class, NAMI, Champagne, starting tomorrow night at 6.30, and you can, uh, it's for family members and friends of individuals who have mental health issues, and they can register with me at nancy at namichampagne.org. Very good, Nancy. Well, very happy to have been a part of that. So thank you for letting us be out there. So. Oh, no. Thank you very much. Thanks, okay. Lauren. Mm-hmm. Thank Take you, Nancy. Thank All right. You. Good to hear from you, Lauren. Thank you. All right. Good show today. You Appreciate still haven't it. resolved that uh, run in from third base, though. I have not. No. <laughs> no. I well, think we've resolved it. It's legal. But it just <laughs> it just doesn't seem like you should, you should be able to block a throw, right? WDWS. You're right. WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. 11 o'clock.